Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show and you are welcome to call in if you like. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Uh, well, I, I, this isn't comedy hour. The show is not a comedy show, but we all need a laugh, I think. And part of that laugh has to come from meet the press and the polling that Chuck Todd had to announce to his viewers. And you should know this is important. You should know, and I'm not making this up. Chuck Todd was attacked by progressives for doing this. Chuck Todd was attacked by progressives Merely for reading NBC News polling. That's how bad the polling is for Joe Biden and the Democrats. It is spectacularly bad polling from NBC News, a poll that leans to the Democrats. We have a brand new NBC News poll out this morning that's filled with some scary news for the Democrats. The overarching message, Americans have lost their confidence in President Biden and their optimism for the country. At least they have right now. Just 22% of adults say we're headed in the right direction. A shocking 71% say we're on the wrong track. And that includes a near majority of Democrats who are saying that. President Biden's approval rating stands at a dismal 42% versus 54% who disapprove. Believe it or not, just two months ago, Mr. Biden was in positive territory. 49% approving, 48% disapproving. So what's pulling down the president's numbers? Well, look at this set of numbers. Just 37% say he has the ability right now to handle a crisis versus nearly a majority who say he does not. 37% also say he's competent and effective as president. 50% disagree with that description. What's more, Republicans, believe it or not, have double-digit leads in dealing with border security, inflation, crime, national security, the economy, and shockingly on getting things done. Shockingly on getting things done. Now, we need to focus on that last little bit. Because this is kind of the... We have a brand new... There we go. I got to freeze the screen here. Let me give you these numbers. For those who couldn't follow along with it, the NBC News Wall Street Journal poll surveyed and previewed by Chuck Todd shows Republicans now have a 27-point lead on which party would do a better job of border security. Republicans have a 24-point lead on which party would do a better job handling inflation. Republicans have a 22-point lead on which party would do a better job handling crime. Republicans have a 21% lead on which party would do a better job handling national security. Republicans have an 18 percentage point lead on which party would do a better job handling the economy. And Republicans have a 13 percentage point lead on which party would do a better job simply getting things done. That's how bad it is for the Democrats right now. 50% of Americans do not view Joe Biden as competent or capable. Majority of Americans do not believe he's capable of handling a crisis. 
a plurality of Americans, 47%, think Joe Biden's out to lunch. Now, here's the striking thing. More than 40% of Americans do not believe Joe Biden is mentally fit for office. Those are brutal, brutal, brutal numbers. They're bad, bad numbers. And they're the numbers into which Terry McAuliffe is running in Virginia. They're the numbers to which the Republicans are running nationwide and the Democrats are running as well. I'm looking at the Real Clear Politics polling average, and there is a negative uh, 9.1 spread between approval and disapprove for Joe Biden. And the Real Clear Politics polling average, 42.7% approve, 51.8% of Americans disapprove, 51.8% of Americans on average disapprove of the president of the United States and his handling of the economy and crime and the border and Afghanistan and on and on and on. These are brutal numbers. Let me just give you the latest nonpartisan polling. You can say they're partisan left, but I'm excluding Rasmussen and Trafalgar because those are explicitly Republican pollsters. NPR, he's down six. The Hill-Harris, he's down five. Political Morning Consult, he's down five. NBC News Wall Street Journal, he's down seven. Economist YouGov, he's down four. Reuters Ipsos, he's down seven. Now, here's the remarkable thing, and I can't actually remember the last time this happened in polling. In the NBC News Wall Street Journal poll, Joe Biden actually performs worse with all Americans than with registered voters. And the NBC News poll, he's down 45%, 45% approval among registered voters, but only 42% among all Americans. Now, normally, typically, among all Americans, the polling tends to lean Democrat. The fact that it doesn't is actually a pretty big red flag for Democrats that they have problems across the board in America right now, particularly as we go through what is obviously a political realignment in the country. This is really bad for the Democrats. On top of that, ABC News has some specific polling out about the bipartisan infrastructure plan and reconciliation, which appears, by the way, to be dead. I think just as an aside, the Virginia election tomorrow is going to fundamentally upend conversations about reconciliation. I, it's got to. If Terry McAuliffe loses, and by the way, it's looking more and more likely Terry McAuliffe could lose, his early voting number is pretty bad. You know, they track, they do track uh, early voting numbers. They, they do track uh, the number of people who show up to vote, and his numbers are bad in Virginia. There is growing confidence of Republicans that they just may be able to pull this off. Now, of course, maybe the polling's wrong. The polling has been wrong, and polling at state level is actually worse than polling at the national level. But there's so much polling, and so much of the Virginia polling corroborates the national polling that it could be right. And if it's right, Terry McAuliffe loses tomorrow. And I think that fundamentally transforms the conversation on reconciliation in Washington, D.C. It's got to transform the conversation on reconciliation. Remember, Democrats have been saying, if we get this passed, if we get it passed, it's going to help Terry McAuliffe, except they can't get it passed now in time to help Terry McAuliffe. If McAuliffe loses and the Virginia Democrats lose the House of Delegates, which, by the way, also looks like the Republicans are going to pick up enough seats there to have a healthy margin in the Virginia House of Delegates, 
it's suddenly doom, gloom, and despair for the Democrats nationwide. Now, what they will do is obvious. Some of you listening right now who are Democratic partisans, you're already doing it. You will first blame Terry McAuliffe as a bad candidate, and you will be right. He is a bad candidate. Terry McAuliffe has always been a bad candidate. Do you know, as an aside, you know, I used to run campaigns. The worst candidates for office are the former political consultants. Terry McAuliffe was a former political consultant. They tend to be the worst candidates. Much like a lawyer is his own worst enemy, he should never represent himself because he tends to think he knows everything already, so he doesn't listen to outside advice. That's Terry McAuliffe's problem to a degree, plus he lives an insulated lifestyle. McAuliffe has been on television bragging about the wonderful schools in Virginia, and don't you know, we sent all of our kids to school in Virginia. What he leaves out is that he sent his kids to private school and doesn't want you to the opportunity to do the same. Not only that, his wife was on the board of the school. Political consultants make terrible client candidates, and Terry McAuliffe is a terrible candidate. And he was a political consultant. What the Democrats are going to do, though, if McAuliffe loses, is it, it won't be because they've screwed up. It won't be because they took a misstep on education. It won't be because of the wokes. It won't be because of Woko Haram. It won't be because of any issue. It won't be because of inflation. It won't be because of the failure to pass reconciliation. It'll be because the voters are racist and the voters are stupid and the voters fell for Republican lies. They will not reassess. They will not reprioritize. This is what happens when you are in a bubble. So so thick are the walls of the bubble that outside information does not penetrate. There are now story after story after story after story after story about Democrats who are parents in Virginia voting for Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, because they don't like what's going on in schools. And yet the Democrats think if you do this, you're falling for racist talking points. You're being lied to. We're going to get into this. There's a story there. But there's something else that's going to happen. And this, to a degree, explains the let's go Brandon phenomenon and why they're so livid about it. And I need you to understand this. And Philip, this may be something you got to clip out and, and use as a standalone here. Democrats are convinced, epistemically convinced, that the Republican Party is a party that wants to destroy the republic and end democracy and impose an authoritarian regime. They are convinced Republicans are racist, bigoted, homophobic, transphobic, bad people who have no business being in charge of the levers of government. And they have spent more than a year vilifying the Republicans, condemning the Republicans, blaming the Republicans, castigating the Republicans, shunning the Republicans, and portraying them in the worst possible light at every moment. Yet, despite all of that, the voters appear on the verge of putting Republicans back in power. In Virginia, 
and nationally through the midterms, letting Republicans take back Congress, letting Republicans take back the Senate, letting Republicans expand their majorities nationwide down to the local level. The voters look like they're on the verge of doing that. Which puts the media and the Democrats together, all of whom believe bad things about Republicans, in sort of an existential crisis. Because they've been telling everyone, y'all don't understand it. Y'all can't see it. The Republicans, they're authoritarian. The Republicans, they're bad for democracy. The Republicans want to bring down the republic. Wouldn't surprise me if some of the Democrats think we might as well go on and bring the republic down now to save everyone from those awful Republicans. Terry McAuliffe, if he loses tomorrow, he's going to probably not concede. In fact, he may contest. He may sue. The Democrats have convinced themselves it's for your own good that they fight the Republicans. They've told you the Republicans are terrible. They really believe the Republicans are the racists they've been warning you about. They really believe Donald Trump and the Republicans want over there the election. January 6th! Have you not seen it? And yet you people continue to vote Republican. It's almost like you don't believe the Democrats. It's almost like you don't care. And they've been trying to make you care, and you will be made to care by the Democrats one way or the other. And yet you haven't been. Which is why they will learn no lessons. Because they are so convinced of the righteousness of their cause, they will double down on the outrage and the fear and the hysteria and the claims of racism and homophobia and transphobia and all the phobias. Every letter of the alphabet is under assault by the Republicans. It's not just LGBTQ, TIAAP, whatever. Everybody, the Republicans are a threat to you all because they're a threat to the Republic. And when you don't believe them and you vote Republican, the Democrats realize you're stupid and they're smart and the Republicans have to be stopped at all costs, even if you don't believe them. They will never engage in self-reflection and realize maybe voters actually care about getting their kids educated. Maybe voters care about inflation. Maybe voters care about jobs. Maybe voters care about empty store shelves. Maybe voters care about getting out of their masks. Maybe voters care about not losing their jobs because they didn't take a vaccine. To the Democrats, the biggest issue of the day is Republicans are a threat to democracy. Everybody else? just wants to be able to go to the grocery store and buy what they want without it being expensive. And the Democrats have lost touch with that. And they're not going to get the wake-up call they need when they lose. Y'all, from the moment I sat in my X chair, my body said, this is what a real office chair is supposed to be like. I had, gosh, I had gone through office chairs. And then I got my X chair, and it is the perfect chair. In fact, My X chair, unlike your chair, can massage my back while I'm sitting doing three hours of talk radio. It can even heat up and cool down depending on my office, which tends to run hot in the summer and cold in the wintertime. And it's all in the LMX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed for the X chair. And once you feel the customized support of X chair's patented dynamic lumbar DVL, they call it dynamic variable lumbar, your back's going to be happy. What I need you to do, you got to go check out the X year because yeah, I bought the, y'all know the expensive brand and I bought it. It was a good chair. It actually was a really good chair and X chair takes it to the next level. What you need to do is go to xchaireric.com now. That's X, the letter X, chair, 
E-R-I-C-K.com or call 844-4-X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. It's X-CHAIR-ERIC, E-R-I-C-K.com. It is worth it. This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com is the website. If you need a loan, a big loan, six figures and above, I want you to reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan. Uh, I want you to call them and see if they can work with you. See if you're a good fit for their program, and they are for you. They can help you if you need to buy a building, build a building, buy a fleet of vehicles. Six figures and up, though. FirstLibertyGA.com. Anywhere in the nation, they can help you. Have y'all seen this stuff about Colin Kaepernick? Uh, So insufferable. Thinks so much of himself. And now he's comparing the NFL draft to slavery. Slavery, which tells you just how privileged a guy he is. To be able to compare that, a, a, a place where he was able to come to fame and make millions of dollars, that somehow it's slavery. When will people stop lionizing this guy? When will Nike finally get tired of him? Probably it will take some time. But my goodness gracious, the 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 level of insufferability of it. But it's not just that. Uh, the, the, the number of white people trying to find racism and everything in sports these days is absurd. Now there's this. The World Series highlights the dwindling of black players. In America's pastime. That's right. As the World Series played out this weekend between the Atlanta Braves and Houston Astros, the glaring lack of black players on both teams and Major League Baseball in general is not lost on Grissom, Marquise Grissom, who wants to play baseball. The Braves and Astros each have one black player on their World Series roster. Terrence Gore of Atlanta, Michael Brantley of Houston. Most MLB teams had two or fewer black players and three had none at the start of the season. About 50% of the league, meanwhile, is made up of Latin players. Latin players, not Latinx at least, but Latin. Uh, So, what about... The NFL. What about the NBA? You know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's the choice of the athlete, is it not? It's a very strange criticism, I think. The left these days is absolutely obsessed with race, identity politics at large. And NBC News now lamenting the lack of black players in Major League Baseball. Never mind how they are. Um, looking at some players say, well, they're not sufficiently black. Or never mind looking at the managers, never mind looking at the the base coaches, never mind looking at all that. Nope, nope, just got to have a quota, except at the end of the day, is it not the choice of the player? No one is forcing people to play or not play in baseball. A lot of black athletes go to the NBA or to football, not baseball. It's not Major League Baseball's fault. But, of course, Major League Baseball is trying to do what they can because they got to placate the wokes on this. It's ridiculous to me, though, that you can look at the diversity on the field and the diversity of the coaching staff and claim it's not sufficiently minority. But wait, it is. It's just not the kind of minority that 
some people want. This gets you to racial politics, and it's why so many Americans are turning out, tuning out racial politics as the left embraces it as the defining issue of the day. Howdy. I hope y'all had a great weekend. I really do. Uh, I didn't catch any fish this weekend, but I sure sure was relaxing to, to stand in the water. You know, the, so it, those of you who don't know, when you fly fish, you put on waders, and they keep you dry when you're standing nearly chest deep in the water, and... Man, it was great on my joints and bones, that ice-cold water in the northern Chattahoochee and, and just uh, the Anderson family. just They've been so kind to me to let me get in the water at their farm and, and hang out with me and show me the ropes. It's been great. I enjoyed it. Okay, I, y'all want to see, y'all want to laugh. You, you gotta, you're going to laugh at this. I want to read your story. The story is not funny. The punchline, you, you may laugh at the punchline. A 53-year-old who law enforcement authorities identified as the head of a cocaine and marijuana ring responsible for bringing millions of dollars worth of drugs to Georgia was found guilty Monday after a week-long trial. The man was arrested after a month-long probe by narcotics investigators that linked him to a trucked-in shipment of 87 pounds of cocaine worth nearly $4 million. Investigators used wiretaps and other surveillance methods to climb the ladder of a drug peddling operation that led to the guy. More than 25,000 phone conversations and text messages were monitored and helped lead to more than a dozen arrests of drug sellers. This man was no stranger to local and federal drug agents. In November of 2007, he pleaded guilty to a marijuana distribution charge. Federal prosecutors said it was part of a drug ring that conspired to sell more than 100 kilograms of pot. He was sentenced to 37 months in prison. He was arrested in 1990 and tabbed by local law enforcement as the kingpin of a crack cocaine ring. The prosecutor who I went to law school with, Greg Winters, says uh, the man's crimes were part of racketeering. He was charged under RICO. Prosecutor said the network the man built had supplied narcotics across the region, across the southeast. Some of the drugs had been brought in by courier with luggage flown into commercial uh, airlines in the Atlanta airport. And he wanted to expand the cocaine selling operation into Washington, D.C. and New York. He had plans to funnel upwards of 20 to 30 kilos of cocaine a month from a pipeline into the U.S. through McAllen, Texas, through the Gulf Cartel, the Mexican drug cartel. He's going to be sentenced up to 60 years in prison. Now, Greg Winters, the the prosecutor who I went to law school with, who prosecuted this, says, in my time as a prosecutor, I've never seen the amount of illegal drugs that were brought in in one shipment alone. 39 kilos of cocaine. The street value was over $3.5 million just for the cocaine. Now, I relate this story to you. Months ago, I was in Athens, Georgia, visiting Abby, Program director for uh, my affiliate WGAU in Athens, Georgia. Went up to visit Abby, did the show, went to speak at the University of Georgia that night. My wife calls. 
I'm on radio. She calls Philip. Philip, for those of you who don't know, works for me. Most of the digital stuff you see that I do, Philip handles. My wife calls Philip. She says, What's he said on radio today? Talking about me. I'm on radio. What have I said? What have I done? Because there's a police officer at the end of our driveway. Well, normally, friends, when that happens, I've made somebody mad. The police are very kind. They just show up. They park at the end of the driveway. We've had to have security before. This was not the only police officer, though. There were several other police officers parked at the bottom of the driveway. My wife's first reaction was, Eric said something, made some folks mad. No, 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 no. Turns out they were visiting my neighbor, the man I just told you about, who was in charge of a drug cartel chain that stretched from Mexico, headed all the way up to New York City, who had a tractor trailer with $3.5 million worth of cocaine parked at a gas station south of our neighborhood. <laughs> yep. This, this guy I'm telling you about, my next door neighbor. <laughs> now, if, if I understand the story right, uh, his, his wife is also in trouble uh, for uh, guns, uh, stolen reselling stolen guns on the black market. We, we had a, a number of people in our neighborhood. I, I don't understand why people do this. But apparently in our, our neighborhood is a fairly safe neighborhood. Not a gated community, but it, it's safe. And a lot of people will leave guns in their cars and they don't leave their cars locked. And the cars were being opened and they were being pilfered through. Nothing was taken unless they had a gun. Apparently the, this, this same individual's uh, significant other, uh, if I recall the details accurately, is being prosecuted for selling those guns that were being sold in their cars all in my neighborhood. I had no idea. You know, suburbia is full of like... Uh, Criminals, drug dealers, and perverts. Suburbia is something I understand why all these progressives want everybody to stockpile into the cities. I myself want to live out on a farm with no neighbors at all, with a great high wall around my house. But, yep, I've been wondering what happened to this dude. Because, I mean, the, the, the police showed up, and the next week, the family had a big moving out party, and then there was a for sale sign, and the house was for sale, and they were all gone. Now we know. It was kind of funny, though, because, you know, in, in the in the fall, in the spring, you sleep with the with the windows open because it's great outside. The, the weather, it's cool. It's relaxing. You don't have to run the air. You don't have to run the heat. But you get this vague smell of marijuana in the breeze, and now we're in a neighborhood where you don't have a lot of potheads, at least not publicly. In the middle of the night, you would get you'd get the vague smell that there was something in the air, because maybe it was growing under the house or something. Yeah, it was it was it was it was something. All right, I got to move on from that that uh, random wild card story there. I, I got to move on to Juan Williams. I happen to think very highly individually of Juan Williams, even as we may disagree on things. But I do think you have to put Juan Williams on the list of individuals who were broken by Donald Trump. He just kind of became more unhinged after Donald Trump got elected. And now Juan Williams has a piece in the Hill. The headline, parents' rights is code for white race politics. 
After white supremacists spilled blood in defense of keeping up Confederate statues in 2017, the GOP candidate for governor of Virginia, Ed Gillespie, said the monument should stay up as a matter of heritage and history. His TV advertising featured threatening images of Latino gangs labeled illegal immigrants involved in murder and rape. The racially loaded culture war campaign straight from then-President Trump's playbook gave Gillespie a push, but he ultimately lost to Ralph Northam. Now Virginia Republicans are back with a new and improved culture war campaign for 2021. The closing argument is once again full of racial division. But this time, it is dressed up as a defense of little children. The rallying cry is parents' rights. It's a campaign to stop classroom discussion of Black Lives Matter's protests or slavery because it could upset some children, especially white children, who might feel guilt. And this time, the Trump-imitating Republicans think they've struck political gold. Unlike their early defense of Confederate monuments, the parents' rights campaign message, at first glance, looks to have zero to do with race. It puts Democrats on defensive. They're uncomfortable. The position of calling attention to suburban white moms and divisive racial politics. Terry McAuliffe calls it a racial dog whistle. There's a long history behind the latest race, racist political appeals. It is not long ago that racist Southern politicians rallied against integration with an argument for states' rights, a call to be free of federal laws, seeking to end segregation. There you have it, folks. We, we, we don't need to spend more time with this. Juan Williams thinks it is racism to talk about parents' rights. Now, they bring uh, he brings up this canard about, um, uh, about some parents in Virginia want to ban beloved uh, Toni Morrison's awful book. And also Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, by the way, it's progressive parents who want to get rid of To Kill a Mockingbird. It's not conservative parents. And for the record, To Kill a Mockingbird is my favorite book. Uh, It is a wonderful book everyone should read. But it's kind of rich for Juan Williams to want to get rid of Toni Morrison or to, to blast people, conservatives wanting to get rid of beloved Toni Morrison's book when it was actually progressives who banned Dr. Seuss. Remember that? I, I'm I'm old enough to remember when progressives decided all Dr. Seuss is bad because of some of his earlier works. They got nothing else. The Democrats don't have anything else. They they become so invested in racial politics and in identity politics, they can't fathom, they can't process that. There are actually real issues here. They can't fathom that black parents themselves are upset about their kids' schools. It's amazing to me how many white woke progressives and and rich black people send their kids to private schools and then act like everybody else has got to put up with it. Everybody else has got to deal with it. Everybody else has got to everybody else has got to survive the public schools. There's a level of racism there that's involved among the rich white wokes. And there are people within the black community, pundits like Juan Williams, who just have decided that all this stuff is racist code words, racist racist dog whistles. And they're not. These are real issues. By real people, 
And the, the problem here is that they don't realize it because all of their friends within the progressive bubble say these things. And because all of their friends within the progressive bubble say these things, they buy into it. And they're going to double down on this. They're, they're not going to be able to change. They're not going to be able to pivot because they're convinced it's all about race. Because everything for the Democrats these days is all about race. And the reason everything for the Democrats is all about race is because they're worried that black and Hispanic voters are leaving them for the GOP. As more and more rich white wokes move in, they're concerned that the rich white or the rich white wokes are concerned that the black and Hispanic voters are going to leave them. And they are because no one wants to be in a party of Karens. And what do you call a rich, white, woke progressive? Karen. So the black and Hispanic voters, they're starting to leave. And the way the Democrats think is the best way to keep them in the fold is to scare them and to claim that it's racism and to claim that that if, 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 you, if you go with the GOP, you're going to be emboldening the racists. And so they scream louder. They make it all about race. And here's the reality. So many kids are falling behind. So many kids are having their lives upended and ruined and wrecked by progressives who are keeping them trapped in failing public schools in the name of fighting racism. And all they want, all they want is a good education. All they want, all they want is a break from woke politics. All they want is respect and a good education. And all they want are for the white progressives who control the schools to recognize and understand that there's actually a real fundamental broken problem in American public schools and it has nothing to do with race and racism, but yet they're making it worse for people who care about the issue, who are non-white by claiming constantly it's all racism when it's not. It's not the case. And yet people like Juan Williams inside the progressive commentary bubble don't realize it, can't realize it, can't process it. While there are mothers and fathers of non-white kids in public schools who just want their kids to get a good education and not be told all the time that they're a victim. They are a victim now, but they're a victim of progressive politics, holding them hostage. It's sad. Y'all, I need you to know something. I don't want to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm right now. They got another product I want to tell you about. They've got the Eden Pure Gin 40 heater, and I have one. And you know, I sit on the front porch on Sunday nights with bourbon and cigars. It's gotten cold, and the Eden Pure Gin 40 comes in handy because it heats. You get even warm air. You get cool air. It heats up to 1,000 square feet. Cooler weather's coming. I don't know if y'all have seen this. It's going to be in the 30s in the south this week. This is a good deal. You can get the Eden Pure Gin 40 heater right now. It's a great deal. It comes in super handy, and you will love the heater. Now, what you do 
is you go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com, and you will see the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. What you do is you add it to your cart, and then you click the checkout button. And when you go to checkout, you put in, let's see, what is my discount code? Eric, you put in Eric 25, and it takes, it gives you a discount. And up. Oh, Wait, wait a second. You you put in you put in just my name, Eric, and it works. It's great. You get the Eden Pure uh, heater, and it's cooler too. And it's well made. It's well designed. I put it on my front porch. It kept us warm last night. The Eden Pure Gen Forty heater. Get it from EdenPureDeals.com. You need a heater for this winter. You need one that's portable. You need one that's well designed. You need one that you can also use as cooler if you need it. You use the Eden Pure Gen 40 heater. Go to EdenPureDeals.com today. Put it in your cart. Check out. You can thank me later. Yes, you can. The phone lines are open. It is Eric Erickson here. Delighted to have you with me. Um, I don't know if y'all heard. American Airlines is having a vax out. Well, they're they're saying it's the weather. It's, it's, it's funny how like the weather is getting COVID these days. American Airlines has a pilot shortage right now. And they've canceled a lot of flights. I think things are mostly returning to normal. It was a weekend thing. Uh, but here's here's the issue. It does appear, although American denied it at first, that it has a lot to do with the vaccine mandate stuff. We're seeing this more and more. In New York, there are sections of the city where they cannot, uh, they don't have enough firefighters because the firefighters are staying home. Some people don't want the vaccine. I, I You know, I... I'm opposed to vaccine mandates. I think there are more constructive ways to work. Delta Airlines provided a path forward. I'm not even sure Delta took the right one, but they provided a better one. I don't think people should be telling employers what to do. I think if an employer wants to put in a vaccine mandate, it's their right as an employer to do it. I don't think they should. And it seems like we're, we're not allowed to have these nuanced conversations anymore. Uh, you should not be in a position to be able to tell a private company what they should or should not be able to do in this regard. At the same time, I don't think they should do it. I think there are constructive ways to do it. And American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, firefighters in New York City, hospitals around America are starting to learn the lesson here that maybe there's a more creative, constructive way to do it than threatening people with their jobs. When did it become okay to make first responders the bad guys because they don't want to go along with prevailing authorities? And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com.